The Annex Wealth Management Show on 92.5 Fox News is hosted by Annex Wealth Management, a registered investment advisor. Important information about the qualifications and business practices of Annex is available at AnnexWealth.com. Different types of investments involves varying degrees of risk. Please consult with a qualified fiduciary advisor about your specific situation. Know the difference. Now, the Annex Wealth Management Show on 92.5 Fox News. And good morning, Southwest Florida. Annex Wealth Management Show on the air at 92.5 Fox News. It's our pleasure to present this next half hour. It will be fast-paced. On the way, going to talk a little bit about Gen Xers. 62 million of them, now between 41 and 56. They need to be thinking about retirement. Many are. Many aren't. What do they need to think about? That's on the way. Brian Fiore, Branch Director, Annex Wealth Management Naples. Seven money lies we tell ourselves. We're going to hear about that. I'm Danny Clayton. Derek Felsky is our Chief Investment Officer at Annex Wealth Management. Good morning to you. Good, good morning, Danny. Hey, Despano, President and CEO, Annex Wealth Management. Good morning to you. And good morning to you in Southwest Florida. Lots to talk about this morning. The Dow Jones closed over 35000 on Friday, and the S&P was above 4,400. And what was interesting news, and we'll get to a lot of it, was that Goldman Sachs raised their target substantially from where it is right now. Yeah, they have a very well-respected strategist, and they originally had a target of 4,300 for the S&P 500 and 2021, they raised it to 4,700, as you mentioned. And basically, they just said the facts changed. Rates are lower than expected, and earnings have been significantly better than expected. And that leads to higher valuation for the market, in their view. And the facts that did change, you know, we were really watching the jobs report on Friday morning before market opened, and we were concerned slightly because the ADP report, which is an indication, came out a few days earlier, and it was not good. So we were on pins and needles on Friday morning. But to no avail. Right. We added 943,000 jobs in the month versus an 845 estimate. Uh, The unemployment rate fell dramatically from 5.9 to 5.4 percent. And 250,000 people returned to the workforce, which is also a good sign. So the economy, in terms of the labor market, uh, much improved reading, something the Fed is clearly looking at. And that's a good point. And we're going to talk about the Fed in just a second. But the fact that we saw the people coming back into the workforce is good, despite the fact that nearly 7 million of them have disappeared and the economy is still doing well and the Fed is watching this. The other thing that we're watching too is earnings and earnings have been really, really good with less employees. So that's a telltale sign as well. Earnings, we've had about 90% of the S&P 500 that's reported. Uh, the blended earnings growth for the year-over-year comparison is nearly 89%, and revenue growth of just under 25%. These are probably the strongest numbers I've ever seen in my career. Again, we are comparing to an economy that was somewhat somewhat almost completely closed a year ago, but earnings in aggregate are exceeding expectations by 17%. So the analysts have been very slow to incorporate the improvement companies are seeing, which again is one of the reasons why that Goldman strategist raised his price target. And that price target of the S&P 500 is, of course, the Standard & Poor's 500 largest companies. And if you take the earnings of each one of those market participants and add add them up, you get a number. So theoretically, just for radio math right now, let's say that that total is $200 a share and we're trading at $4,400. That means we're currently trading at 22 times earnings, unexpected earnings, Derek. 
Is that a cause for concern? Well, I think you certainly have to view it with some element of caution because it's about 50% greater than the long-term average. But again, that long-term average reflects much higher interest rates than we are currently seeing. So when you think about where do you invest your money, you've got CDs, you've got stocks, you've got bonds, but the interest rates you're getting on bonds are extremely low, which makes some elements of the stock market look much more attractive than normal. And now I want to tie it back to the thing that you brought up earlier, which was the Federal Reserve and the fact that jobs are doing well, that the economy is moving forward without a doubt, and that people are coming back to work. So this all means that there is inflationary pressure. And the Federal Reserve chair said about a month ago now, they thought that this inflation was transitory. You and I don't agree with that. No, I think the elements that he was referring to as transitory were things like used car sales doubling versus a year ago and things like uh, the price of lumber going up as much as it did, copper and so on. What I think we're, we're thinking about really is what the cyclical effect is going to be on inflation. It's not short-term spikes caused by temporary supply chain dislocations. It's more about the cyclical strength of the economy filtering through. By by that, I mean higher rents, higher wages. We saw a 4% increase on a year-over-year basis in wages in the last uh, report that we got on Friday. So inflationary pressures are building, but the Fed continues to say that they will not start to raise rates until they've achieved prior levels, one of which was a 3.5% unemployment rate, and we're still 1.9% away. And of course, once the rents and wages go up, that's not going back. You're not going back to your employees to say, now that inflation has tempered down, that we're going to take your raise back, or they're going to come back to you and say your rent is lower. So those are certainly things that are going to stay in the economy. But maybe it isn't raising rates, Derek. Maybe it is tapering their purchases. And we'll talk about that at the end of the show. Dave Swano, our president and CEO at Annex Wealth Management. Derek Felsky riding along, too. He is the chief investment officer. Put us to work, folks. Know the difference. One team, one plan, and one fee. That's for investment and retirement planning, tax planning, and estate planning. It's under one roof, under one plan. It's a complete plan for you and you alone. It's built by our team for you. Most important part, one fee. We are a fee-only fiduciary. Talking about zero commissions. The website, AnnexWealth.com. Click that Get Started button. Annex Wealth Management Show, 92.5 Fox News. You finally reached your savings goal, but how much will you really spend in retirement? Basic question, but more than one-third of retirees underestimated their spending. And you know taxes will impact what you've set aside. You're smart enough to know you don't have all the answers. You're also smart enough to know where to get help. It's time to put things in order with a fee-only fiduciary. Click the Get Started button at AnnexWealth.com. One team, one plan, one fee. Annex Wealth Management. One team, one plan, one fee. Annex Wealth Management works in your best interest. Can your advisor say that? This is the Annex Wealth Management Show. Know the difference with Annex Wealth Management, a fee-only fiduciary uniquely equipped to assist with a variety of our clients, greatest generation to millennials, and contained within those groups, though, Generation X. Can't forget them, and that's what we're going to talk about here. To do them, joined by Deanne Phillips, Director of Client Learning and Development at Annex Wealth Management, also a CFP and a CDFA. Hey, Deanne. Hey, Danny. Also a Gen X. You're uh, welcome. Yes, I definitely am. So most of Gen X is not on the doorstep of retirement, but they're in the neighborhood, right? And that means that they should increase their focus and take some definitive steps at this point. Let's talk about Gen X and retirement. Well, so often by the time you are seasoned to an age of 50, let's say, you've learned and incorporated several habits and hopefully lessons 
lessons into your financial behavior and, and your, the choices that you make. Now, these can become powerful behaviors that can be built into a financial plan, such as saving into a retirement plan, you know, watching your debt amounts and forecasting what you'll need in retirement. Most Gen Xers are really doing a balancing act, right? They get careers, mm-hmm. aging parents, college expenses, COVID. It would be natural, but a mistake to put off investment and retirement planning. Absolutely. So while it's natural to want to take care of loved ones, it is a balancing act. As you say, you really need to make sure that that oxygen mask is on yourself first. Make sure that your future needs are realistically met before you can comfortably assist others. Because if you deplete yourself, you could actually end up being a burden on your loved ones. And most people don't want that. Now, in your experience, when somebody hires Annex Wealth Management, are we their first financial advisor? Well, not always. So many times one thinks they need assistance, but they aren't sure how to get the help they need. And most people will just start with investment management. And, you know, Danny, as we know, there are many, many advisors out there who do just that, just investment management. But if that's the only planning that's being done, how do you know if you'll meet your goals or when you will? And that's why the financial plan makes such a difference. Now, in terms of reassessing risk. That's something that should be done continually from two points of view. First, that risk capacity. So how much time does someone have toward their goal? So if they were going to use a chunk of money in a few months, let's say, to pay college tuition, which I can relate to, or buy a new car, one wouldn't want to subject it to the volatility of the stock market for that particular piece. However, if one's looking to retire and then, of course, live past and into retirement, another 20 to 30 years, perhaps, then stocks are needed for growth. Then the allocation depends on the timing of cash flows and the paycheck replacement and where that will come from first. So is it coming from a pension, social security, dividends and interest maybe that are being earned off your investments? The other part of risk is tolerance. Now that we talk about a lot, Danny, that's that visceral reaction a person might have to market swings and that impacts the value of the portfolios. Again, this is is where the financial plan comes in too. Many people come to the realization they need to plan as they're gearing up to retirement. I'm the marketing guy, so I'm always curious. For those of our clients who have joined us from somewhere else, what do they say is different about Annex? Well, so I think it's the value of the entire team. All of the CFPs, CPAs, attorneys, planners, All those people who make sure that all the planning is done holistically around all of our clients, the tax planning, retirement planning, budget, even estate planning, business succession planning, executive benefit analysis we do now, analyzing insurance needs, including long-term care, along with those chartered financial analysts. And those are, that's the highest designation a CFA given for a mutual fund manager. And we do have a former mutual fund manager, of course, who heads the show, Derek Felsky, our chief investment officer. All that team actually watches and manages the investments. And this is all in one shop. So instead of a client saying, hey, I have a guy, they actually have an entire company of minds at their disposal, multiple minds assessing client needs. Now that is value added. Mm-hmm. We're with Deanne Phillips, Wealth Manager, Annex Wealth Management, talking about Gen X and retirement. COVID changed the target date for a lot of people because of uncertainty. Yeah, some Gen X are sure, and not for the reason you might think. I mean, anecdotally, I'm hearing people say COVID taught them how much they actually liked being around people and interactions of working and missed that in the last year, and they value that, and they don't want to give that up. 
I'm hearing more of that than actual financial concerns. So they say, what do I do if I retire as we're building a new world and interacting differently with people? And some have work saying they aren't even setting a time for them to return to offices, if ever. So this changes people's social needs. We talk a lot about portfolio analysis done by that financial planning team. It's so important because that's where we can assess things like assets, where those assets are, but also debt. Yeah, now debt, not all debt is bad. Now, older Gen Xers might have heard their parents or grandparents, the greatest generation, say, don't have debt, pay off your house. But in these times of ultra-low interest rates, if a portfolio is making more, why pay off the remainder of the mortgage, especially if it's mostly principal you're paying and not interest? So that could be smart debt and could help one stay liquid instead of locking the cash up in the equity of your house. Now, consumer debt, so credit card debt, on the other hand, usually comes with higher interest rates, and that should have a game plan around it in order to pay it off in the most tax-efficient way, especially heading into retirement. Does Gen X need estate planning? Definitely. Now, technically, everyone does. Even that 18-year-old heading off to college for the first time, they're a legal adult. They should have that health care power of attorney or at least an updated HIPAA form in case they have a health care crisis. Their parent can be contacted. However, in different stages of our lives, our estate plan needs change. They can become more complex as we accumulate wealth and our circumstances change. So that's why wills and trusts should be looked at every few years or during a circumstance change. Deanne Phillips of Annex Wealth Management, thanks for your time. Thanks for having me. If we can help, head to our website. It's AnnexWealth.com. Just click the Get Started button. Get going on that free portfolio analysis. This is the Annex Wealth Management Show. We'll be back. 92.5 Fox News. Brian Fiore, Branch Director, Annex Wealth Management, Naples. The YMCA's of Southwest Florida is hosting the fourth annual Hank Hostetler Memorial Golf Tournament fundraiser on Friday, September 10th at the Vasari Country Club in North Naples, Bonita Springs. Funds raised will help provide scholarships to help ensure children have a safe, enriching, and fun environment while participating in various YMCA programs. The need is more critical than ever as they anticipate an increased need for scholarship assistance. More details at ymcaswfl.org events. Planning and investment insight from a fee-only fiduciary, and we put that in writing. You're listening to the Annex Wealth Management Show. In Act 1, Scene 3 of Hamlet from William Shakespeare, it comes the line, To thine own self be true. That's good advice, but when it comes to money, it might be the opposite. We found a list of seven money lies we tell ourselves. Brian Fiore, Branch Director of Annex Wealth Management Naples, here to talk about it. Good morning, Brian. Good morning, Danny. William Shakespeare, I think, grows on me a little bit. It's kind of like an acquired taste. I know when I first read that, uh, I wasn't so thrilled. May I confess, I knew that line but I had to look it up who said it. Let's see if we can get through all seven of these money lies. And the first is, I'll be happier when I have blank amount of money. That kind of thinking kind of sets you up for once you reach this number, a, uh, a flip of the switch is going to happen and you're going to be happy. You know, I think that's probably not the case. I think in your lifestyle, you're building up responsibilities and net worth and your nest egg should be growing and growing and growing. And eventually you get to financial independence or whatever number you're looking for, but you're living and experiencing things along the way. So I don't think there's going to be a switch that flips when you get to whatever certain number we're talking about. The good news is studies show that making progress towards a goal can be incredibly satisfying. And regardless of whether or not you actually hit the target, if you're living an intentional life, it should should be working out for you anyway. What did J.D. Rockefeller said? Somebody asked him, how much money do you need? He said, one dollar more. <laughs> money line number two, I deserve it regardless of whether I can afford it. 
I know this is kind of like the uh, recent with with the Reddit crowd and the you only live once things that are going on. But some of these are just rationalizations that you're might be convincing yourself that it's okay to buy something. And you're kind of soothing this thing of an expensive purchase and you realize you probably don't really need it. Something that you really want, that sort of thing. So the less the less the probably the better. Money line number three. I have strong financial willpower. My question there would be, do you? The average American spends the least a couple hundred dollars a month on impulse purchases. You know, there's a lot of marketing and everything that goes on into that. Everybody knows that. We're likely to buy on impulse and spend more, especially when we're stressed. So in the last year or two, there's probably been a lot of stress. Using credit card, impulse purchases, uh, financial willpower probably isn't as prevalent as people might say. You're listening to the Annex Wealth Management Show, 92.5 Fox News. Brian Fiore, Branch Director, Annex Wealth Management, Naples, talking about seven lies about money we tell ourselves. The fourth is, I'll save more later. Yeah, that's the uh, procrastination coming in. Um, I think a lot of people make choices now that aren't thinking about the later, they're thinking about the now. So, you know, the ability to save money later it might be possible, but well, one in five, I believe the studies say one in five aren't saving money now. So us as humans, maybe not doing that. And no matter the reason, when we tell ourselves this money lie that we're going to save later and put off something, we're prioritizing our present over our future. And you need to definitely do a combination of those. Money line number five, I've got plenty of time to plan for my financial future and I don't need to think about it yet. Yeah, this is definitely part of that procrastination. Um, you know, in our education and financial planning, we, we go across the scenarios. If you just start a little bit, you know, um, your grandchildren are just born and you're going to help them go for college. So if you start sooner than rather than later, it's going to look a lot better than if you start when they're six or seven or eight. I like Ben Franklin quotes, and he may have said one of the better ones, by failing to prepare, you are preparing to fail. Moving through a list of seven money lies that we tell ourselves, number six is there's good and bad debt. Now, that's an interesting one. I thought you need debt sometimes, don't you? Yeah, I think it, it comes under the opportunity cost discussion and, you know, way of thinking, I think. You know, whatever your situation is, what are you trying to accomplish? If you take on debt because you need a home and it's within your budget and you now you have a place to stay and it's an investment and, you know, that sounds like a good thing. If you're taking on debt to fund your lifestyle and you're struggling to meet payments on that on a monthly thing, that doesn't sound like a, a good thing, right? So there's there's cost to it and understand how the borrowing and loans affect your current and future self and decide whether the loan is really helping you achieve what you need to achieve, right? These are all objective ways to do it. And unfortunately, a lot of people don't see the objective and the emotional come in and sometimes there's overuse of debt. Working through a list of seven money lies that we tell ourselves. Here's where it turns around. The last is wanting more is bad. Wanting more is not a bad. Um, no, I think it's not a bad thing to want more for you and your loved ones. Anything excessive or out of hand, you know, could become bad, right? But we want to, I think, frame it in a positive manner. So um, it can be easier to take the chances to do the work you need to get to the next financial level or what you're trying to achieve for your family or the next home or the next vacation home or the next financial independence level. So having a, a goal and a little bit of greed in that mindset is a good thing. And we are ready to assist with investment and retirement planning, tax planning, and estate planning. We do it as a fee-only fiduciary. Know the difference? Our website, AnnexWealth.com. Click that Get Started button. Brian Fiore, Branch Director, Annex Wealth Management Naples. Thanks for joining us this morning. Good stuff, Danny. Thank you. We'll be back. Going to wrap things up next. Annex Wealth Management Show, 92.5 Fox News. Dave Spano from Annex Wealth Management. After all we've been through, isn't it time to focus on what really matters, living your best life? 
There are a lot of moving pieces when it comes to investment and retirement planning. It's important to get it right, and we can help. AnnexWealth.com is the place to start. Click the Get Started button. Put a pro on your side with a local fee-only fiduciary. That's Annex Wealth Management. AnnexWealth.com. One team, one plan, one fee. Money Talk is straight talk from a fee-only fiduciary. It's time to know the difference. This is the Annex Wealth Management Show. We're back. Website, AnnexWealth.com. Click that Get Started button while you're on the website. Sign up for the Axiom, which is our free weekly newsletter. Arrives on Sunday, so probably too late to get it for today. But it's really, really good. Lots of information. This week, we got pieces on financial elder abuse and also taxes in revocable trusts. Uh, that, again, is our axiom at AnnexWealth.com. Dirk Felsky, Chief Investment Officer on the show. Dave Spano is President and CEO, Annex Wealth Management. Thanks, Danny. You know, I want to get back to where we started the show, Derek, and that is really what is called tapering purchases. And I don't want to get too deep in the weeds, but the Federal Reserve does a lot of things. And one of the things that they're doing is they're buying lots of bonds, which is putting pressure on interest rates, and we're watching that carefully. They are, um, you know, as a as an outgrowth of the breakout of the pandemic, they were providing liquidity to keep the, the bond markets healthy, keep interest rates low to allow the economy to recover in the face of the shutdown. And currently they're purchasing 80 billion of treasury securities and 40 billion of mortgage-backed securities every month. Now we all know the housing market is very strong, so it's not, not a difficult question to ask, well, why are we supporting the housing market when housing prices are up 16% on a year-over-year basis and interest rates are already so low. Uh, the fact is they're doing it basically because they said they would continue to do it until that we got back to the pre-pandemic levels. And while we are there in terms of GDP, retail sales, stock prices, and oil prices, we're not there in terms of unemployment. And that is right. And the concern, of course, is that at some point there may be this tapering of the purchases. In fact, we saw Senator Manchin wrote a letter to the Federal Reserve Chair saying it may be time to slow down your purchases. And if that happens and there is a tapering, do you think we'll have a taper tantrum? The thing about Manchin's comment was what's very interesting because that infrastructure bill is being debated. It's $1 trillion in the first stage. And then they're talking about a budget reconciliation of up to $3.5 trillion. And by writing that letter, Manchin essentially is suggesting, I believe, that he intends to vote for that. And he was one of the voters that the, the Democrats need in order to get it passed. So that suggests to me that the likelihood of a, a second bill is fairly likely. The question is the size of it. But as far as a taper tantrum go, the Fed is going to do a much better job, I think, this time than they did last time about telegraphing it. And remember, if you go from buying 80 and 40 to go buying 80 and 20 or 60 and 20 or 80 and zero, it's still accommodation. That's right. And the fact they're going to telegraph that, which allows the bond market to react earlier and not get hit with a a sidewinder. But you mentioned something very interesting, and that is there's two bills, and we're probably going to get more news uh, this morning on the Sunday talk shows. But the fact is there's two bills coming. Number one of them is the bipartisan bill, which is infrastructure, which is $500 million of new spending in a trillion-dollar package. The second one is $3.5 trillion that could be done in reconciliation. Why it's important? Because in that bill, they need revenues. Revenues mean higher taxes. We're going to have to pay attention to this because Senator Manchin is going to be very important to this conversation. Absolutely. And, and you know, so when you think about the 
economy and what's likely to occur. We still have very low interest rates, and now you add fiscal stimulus over any number of years to provide an additional impetus into economic growth. Uh, the issue, again, is that those stimulus packages flow over a number of years, but the tax increases associated with them will hit right up front. And our thought has been that we're going to see something a little bit less than $3.5 trillion because we're approaching an election year. And if you raise taxes on people, that typically isn't very popular. So that might have to, so maybe they have to scale back the tax increases and, and, and by virtue of that, scale back the spending. Yeah, and I think we'll have to watch and see, but there's clearly President Biden has put in higher income taxes, higher capital gains, higher dividends, taking away of the step up in basis and so other taxes as well. And that will put pressure on earnings of S&P 500 companies. That's one of the reasons we're talking about it today. The second is because it has a dramatic effect on wealth management planning, tax planning, and investment planning. What's the final takeaway for the day when you think about where we're going with earnings on the second half of the year? I think it's really about, you know, what the outlook is going forward. And a lot of that is going to depend on, A, what happens with these fiscal stimulus packages, and B, how well we combat the, the Delta version of the, the coronavirus. I mean, I heard today there's a Delta plus virus now springing in San Francisco. Only 46 people have it. But I guess apparently as long as vaccinations aren't widespread, these viruses mutate. That's just a normal thing. That happens with the flu as well. But again, it's something that could hinder economic progress going forward if the authorities over react and start shutting things down again. Yeah, Delta Plus, I thought I took that to, to Atlanta on a flight, but that that's was extra. something else. Yeah, yeah so that's, that's something you don't want. But no question about it, know what you own, why you own it, and how much you're paying for it. Derek Felsky is our Chief Investment Officer. Thanks for joining us today. My pleasure. Dave Spano, President and CEO, Annex Wealth Management. Thanks to you. Thank you, Danny. I know we can help. Head to our website. It's AnnexWealth.com. You click that Get Started button. You begin the process of so the free portfolio analysis, completely complimentary. Kick our tires. See if we're a fit. We think we are. And spend some time on our website, AnnexWealth.com. While you're there, sign up for the Axiom, our free weekly newsletter, but click that Get Started button. We'll see you in a week. Have a good one. This is the Annex Wealth Management Show, 92.5 Fox News. The Annex Wealth Management Show is hosted by Annex Wealth Management, a fee-only registered investment advisor. Important information about the qualifications and business practices of Annex is available at AnnexWealth.com. Different types of investments involve varying degrees of risk. Please consult with a qualified fiduciary advisor about your specific situation.